Hello, everyone. It's a wonderful Sunday, and it's a good exercise right before speak. Um, we're so glad that we can come together today in Father's house. God is our heavenly Father, and He loves us so much. In fact, John three sixteen says, "God so loved the world." That he gave his only begotten Son, so that for whoever believes in him shall not perish, but they have, have eternal life. Well, let's see if this works. In the Bible, as you know, that we are. Um, being represented by sheep, and um, sheep need shepherd. And today we're going to talk about a parable gave by Jesus, and to learn from it the meaning of being taken care of, the need to be taken care of, and how much we need a shepherd in our life including our youngsters at home. It's a beautiful thing that we can come to Father's house. We talk to each other, fellowship with one another. Also, when we were not in the chapel, we share our experiences, we have our small meetings, we go to outings, we do lives together. Yesterday, many of us went to our dear brother Wes' mother's funeral. In the funeral service, the pastor, the local pastor there, uh, mentioned that Barbara, that's Wes' mom, loves to see church members get together at the bagel hours to talk to each other, to fellowship one another, basically to do life together. So let us treasure this moment and open our ears and hearts and let the Spirit, Holy Spirit, to talk to us through his words. In John chapter 10, Apostle John recorded the parable of Jesus. It reveals the profound relationship that we have with God, with Jesus, and with one another. Let's see first, what is the parable? It is about sheep. Surprise, surprise. It is the parable of the good shepherd as recorded. And let's read, and let me read for you. Or let's read together. Let's go. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But the one who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep listen to his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts all his own sheep outside, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him, because 
They know his voice. However, a stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, in order to understand what Jesus is talking about, we have to put our mindset to understand what's happened during Jesus' time or even today in those areas. Well, here is a picture of the so-called shipfold. And you see they're surrounded by stones and with one entry. And you see it is a place where sheep go in and be surrounded by barriers. In Jesus' time, and even today as I mentioned, shepherds have the practice of sending their sheep to a sheepfold sheepfold to keep their sheep safe at night so that they can go home and sleep and rest and the very next day they will come to pick up their sheep to me sheepfold is just like night care not daycare but night care <laughs> um, sometimes a sheepfold has sheep from more than one shepherd. Because to build this structure, it will cost a lot of resource. And their shepherds only have a small um, flock of, of sheep. So they, they have this practice to send their sheep into the sheepfold. And here is a picture of a sheepfold with a door. And also, there is a doorkeeper, as you can see. And guess what's the job of the doorkeeper? He is the, he, his job is only letting the sheep and shepherds in and out by the door. So that is his job, very clear. Know that during the night, the thieves and robbers will be watching and waiting for opportunities to get into the sheepfold to steal sheep. They would not go from the door because there is a door, doorkeeper. And as John 10, 1, 2, 3, we just read, The ones who does not go into the shipfold, shipfold by the door are the thieves and robbers. Also, as we read, the shepherds will come back the next morning and, and brought out all his own sheep. He goes before them, and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Now, as you know, sheep are not very smart animals. They, they have very poor eyesight. So sometimes when they eat grass near a cliff, they may just fall in, fall down. But they have a special ability that is they can hear sound and also distinguish the sound they hear. The amazing thing is that they can recognize their shepherd's voice. 
Now there is this tourist attraction. It is a it is a farm, and there's a flock of sheep, and the attraction is that the guy will say, "Now you see that flock of sheep, and here is a shepherd, and he's going to demonstrate to you how he calls his sheep. When he calls, the sheep will come. But you can try to mimic." So the shepherd demonstrated. And one by one, a group of tourists tried out. And the sheep, guess what? They continue <laughs> to uh, eat their grass and not even raise their head. But finally, uh, the shepherd called. And guess what? The first moment the voice out, the sheep all raise their head and look at the direction of the voice and come toward the shepherd. So the same way, the shepherds in this parable is a fact um, played out at that time and even today that the shepherds will go into the sheepfold through the door and call his sh sheep and he will lead them out. And the amazing thing is that the sheep, because they trust the shepherd, they will follow him. Now you understand the parable is about sheep, sheepfold, sheepfold, and the shepherd. But do you really know why did Jesus say this parable? And the phenomenon we just talked about is very familiar by the local people there at that time. So what does it really mean? What does Jesus really mean? And now fast forward nowadays, what does it mean to us? Well, if you don't know the answer, you're not alone. And as recorded in John 10, 6, it's recorded, Jesus told them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what the things which he was saying to them meant. So Jesus explained to them, in summary, I'll give you the punchline, Jesus said, I am the door, and I am the good shepherd. So remember these two things, and hope that we, I can all remember this for the coming days and years of our, our, our lives. He is the door. Jesus is the door, and Jesus is the good shepherd. Let's look at the, the two profound statements more closely. Jesus continued to say in, in verse 10, So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of, sheep, of the sheep. All those who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Wow, this is a big statement. It's going to, um, must be offending a lot of people. You know, how can Jesus say this? All before him are robbers and sheep uh, and, and thieves. It sounds familiar, right? When someone says something that is true, someone got offended. What Jesus really say here is that 
anyone before me claims that they are the Christ, they are the Messiah, they are the Son of Man, they are not the real one. And their theory, their false teaching, their statements are going to lead people to stray. At the end, it's destruction, it's damage, even death. And that's how serious the simple proclamation that Jesus made, I am the door, means. The thieves come only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus came that we may have life and have it abundantly. Thieves comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Watch out what we hear, what we see, especially nowadays with the internet, with the proliferation of knowledge and what's happening in the world. Anyone can have a big following. And the more extreme the statements they made, the more extreme the scenes that they created, they could generate a large following. They call the internet influencers. And they're going to lead a lot of people astray. But Jesus came so that we would have life and have it abundantly. What Jesus says here is that we're going to have a relationship, a true relationship with God, and that is eternal life. And we're going to experience God in our lives on earth, and we will become more mature, more like Jesus, more like God's Son. Jesus came so that we would have life and have it abundantly. As you recall, you recall in Acts, there's a statement made that, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, but which we must be saved. There's no salvation in no one, there is, sal there is salvation in no one else other than the name of Jesus, other than Jesus. This is a profound statement. This is a divisive statement, but it is true. Jesus said, I came, I came not to judge, but for judgment, meaning that something it is true being said, you're going to see people, some people reject it, and some people accept it. The judgment has been shown. The meaning of Jesus saying he is the door tells us that our sins forgiven because of Jesus, our sins can be forgiven because we believe in him. And we can be restored in relationship with everlasting God. As you see and know, many of you, our relationship with God 
was broken because of our sins. But because Jesus paid the price, the wages of sin on the cross, and therefore our sins being forgiven by God and our relationship with God restored. And most importantly, through Jesus, we have eternal life. We'll have a close relationship in Jesus Christ with God forever and ever. Our souls are saved. Jesus has accomplished all the above for those who believe in him. Jesus alone has accomplished all of it. We, you and I, no matter how good we are, ability-wise, contributions made, etc., etc., we cannot do anything to save ourselves. But Jesus accomplished all that on the cross for us. What a price he paid and how much love he demonstrated. Jesus has accomplished all of the above so that our sins can be forgiven. Now, two pictures in my mind when I prepare to talk to you today. One is the safe harbor, and the other is the feast. It is a little bit far-fetching, but I think it's related. The sheepfold provides safety for the sheep. It's like sheep, ships, not sheep, but ships on the sea. And when storm is coming, or they need to have a safe harbor. And we can come to the Father for safety, for protection. On the other hand, God put us on this earth to do his work, to experience him, to enjoy everything that he created. It's like a feast for us to enjoy. Now, Today is Father's Day, and there are some questions I would like to put on the screen and for us to ask ourselves, and I know there are many future fathers sitting with us, and this is equally important. And we have sisters in the congregation, you can pray for your husband, for young girls, you can pray for your future husbands, what kind of men you're going to marry and have children and to live on this earth for the glory of the Lord. The first question is that, fathers, how do you are you teaching your children to know God, love Him, fear Him, and worship Him? God expects us, parents, especially fathers, to teach our children things about God, things of God, 
What are the things God likes? What are the things God hates? Who is God anyway? And what is his nature? And what are his attributes, virtues? What God has done in history to tell his story. Is he history? His story. His plan of salvation. This will open youngsters' mind. We're not just a something happened that we came to this world. We came to this world for a good purpose. To do good, to glorify God's name. We see so many kids singing, dancing, playing instruments. What is this all about? It's not just for their enjoyment, for our pleasure, or for apply for a good school and college. It's all for the glory of God. If you, as parents, especially fathers, can instill in your children's mind what is the purpose of life, and that will go a long way. I think it will teach them to be humble. It will teach them to be grateful and teach them to want to be excel, not for themselves, but for God. As fathers, are you living a life that shows you are a follower of Christ? Are you a good example to your children? Do you worship in God in spirit and truth? Are you teaching your children to know God, fear Him, and worship Him, and how you are teaching them? This fear is a healthy sense of fear. It is in awe of God's power, in awe of God's virtue, in awe of God's love. Can you imagine that God sent his only begotten son to die for us? For those of us who have children, have boys, if you only have one, and if you only have this one, and you love him so much, and you pray for this boy for a long time, Maybe you have many girls, and then you finally have one boy. Or you pray so long that you have this boy. Are you willing to give it up for others, for your son? It's hard to imagine that God did this to save us sinners. Fathers, are you teaching your children to guard their mind? Do you teach them critical thinking so that they can discern? More importantly, practical step, do you spend time with them to know what they are really thinking? To know what is in their mind? Let me ask you this, is your home a safe place? 
for children to express their thoughts. Are you judgmental? Are you a good listener? Equally important children, are you respectful? Do you honor your parents? Do you honor your mother and father? In Chinese, we say man is the head of the house. But as Christian, we know Jesus is the head of his church. And our home, husband and wife, both Christians, and they are the church. Everything we do, know that Jesus is the Lord. We don't own our children. But God gave us tremendous responsibility to set them in the right path, right direction, so that they can be useful in God's kingdom. And for their lives to be blessed so much don't you want your children to be blessed? I'm sure you do. So let us teach our children everything we said so far. Teach them the truth so when they hear false teaching, the red flag will be raised in their head instead of just following alone without what they're following. Are you teaching your children to care for others' needs, not just theirs. For Christian parents with kids, the most important responsibility that we have is to raise them as godly men and women. Time is limited for us to have them around us in the house. So let us teach them intentionally. I don't know whether Daniel Liu is with, with us today. I, I see uh, Daniel's brother, uh, Frank. Is Jack here? Oh, Jack is here. Um, so for those of you who attended uh, Friday's graduation banquet, you heard Frank uh, encourage us, a fine young man, just like his two brothers and many of you sitting here, that he shared his college experience and some advices, and he talked about three things, and one of it, is what? Well, there are three things, right? The first thing is freedom. The second thing is growth. And to grow effectively, you have to do it, not you have to do it, but you have the option to do it intentionally, and especially with friends, and that will be more effective. And the third thing is challenge. And all the, these things can, can be good, so that we can grow exponentially and we draw closer to God and to experience the freedom in Christ. Now let us look at the second profound statement Jesus made in explaining this parable. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired man and not a shepherd who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters the flock. He flees because he is a hired man and does not care about the sheep. 
I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my, know, my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. Jesus continued to say, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it back. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it back. This commandment I received from my Father. Jesus is complete man and complete God. What he says, every word has authority. We have no time to go into deeper to explain each one. But let's look at at least, at least the, the three things that stand out. Number one, Jesus saves us so that our souls will not perish but have eternal life. Because Jesus died on the cross, paid the wages of sin on behalf of us. So God accepts that offering and we can be restored in our relationship with God, and our sins being forgiven. Second, Jesus cherishes us and wants to have a deep relationship with us to the extent that he is willing, he is willing to reveal himself to us. Through his words, the Bible, last but not least, Jesus determined Jesus is, is determined to find each one of his sheep, including those lost ones. About Jesus' determination to find all his lost sheep, let's look at chapter 9. It talked about a blind man born deaf. Not deaf but blind, who was blind at birth, but then regained his eyesight. Because of time, we're going to speed through this, but the gist of it is that this man you see on the screen, of course not this person, he received double blessings. What double blessings? The first one we think is so great, that is his eyesight got restored. But the second blessing he got is that he got saved. And how he got saved is very dynamic. It's very touching. Because what happened is, was when the blind man was healed, everybody was astonished. So they asked him, how, who, who, what happened? And he said, someone healed me. And who, who is that person? He says, Jesus. And then people don't believe, some people don't believe that he was blind from birth. So ask him again and again, and even his parents. And the religious leaders was not happy because they don't like Jesus in the first place. And then he found, they found, they found Jesus did this on a Sabbath day. And guess what? They used that to against uh, Jesus and say, Jesus must be a sinner. But this man, this man very courageously tell the truth. And he made very many profound statements. 
He said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I can see. Look at my eyes, I can see. And he continues to say that we know that God does not listen to sinners, but if someone is God-fearing and does his will, he listens to them, to him. Since the beginning of the time, it has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person from born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. That is his understanding of Jesus. So what happened is that Jesus heard that they had cast him out because the religious leaders saying, oh, you're hopeless, you know, you are, you know, so into it, we cannot talk you out of it. So we're going to excommunicate you. So they kept him out. And then Jesus heard that they had cast him out. Jesus go and find him and reveal himself to, to him. Do you believe in the Son of Man? And this, this, this man said, Who is he, sir? He called Jesus, sir, that I may believe him. He respects Jesus because Jesus healed him. Just like a medical doctor, maybe. And Jesus said to him, Jesus revealed to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. The next is a transformation. It's a demonstration of belief. This man says, Lord, I believe. He no longer called Jesus, sir. He called Jesus, the Lord. I believe. And immediately he worshiped him. He bowed on his head. He kneeled down and worshiped Jesus. From this second point, What we learn is that Jesus saves us so that our soul will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus cherishes us so much, he wants to have a deep relationship with us, and he chose to reveal himself to us. Last but not least, Jesus is determined to find us even when we were lost. Jesus, the Son of God, came from above became men more than 2,000 years ago. His mission was to pay the ransom of death by dying on the cross so that God's children can escape from the bondage of sin and the fear of death and judgment. He was resurrected and rose on the third day by the power of God, which demonstrated he is the Son of God. Therefore, my fellow Christians, never, never, forget your identity. Your identity is noble. You are a child of God, and no one can define you, especially youngsters when you, in middle school, it could be like a jungle, and people will label you because of your physical characteristic, whatever. Don't let anyone to cheat you. You are a precious child of God. Even for grown men and women, the same thing. 
When life gets tough, let's run to Him for refuge. Let's run to Him to face challenges, challenges in life for the strength needed. In summary, Jesus is a door. Jesus is the good shepherd. Now here is a pocket watch. I don't know anyone you have received this as a gift or what, ever. But there was this man who lost his pocket watch in a farm, actually in a stable, and many animals inside, horses, etc. And he was so annoyed. And then he saw a, a bunch of kids, and he asked for them, them their help. And one by one, they, they rushed in, but one by one came out empty-handed. Except last, there was this one child, a small child, hold his pocket watch. And then this man was asking, how did you find it? How did you find it? And the, the kid is very smart. He said, after everybody left, I just stay quiet and try to use my ear to hear. And I hear the click, click sound, and I go toward that direction I found it. Now, dear friend, Jesus has found many of us who are sitting here today. May God bless those who are sitting here today but not yet saved. For those who are not yet saved, God loves you and Jesus loves you. If you are God's sheep, you will recognize his voice. You will recognize the voice of the Good Shepherd. Please do not hesitate to respond to his calling. Are you willing to believe in Jesus? If you do, you can raise your hand right now, and Jesus will see, and we can pray for you. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. In this special Father's Day, you demonstrated your love by sending your Son Jesus to us. And he is our, all our Father's example. He's a good shepherd. May you bless your words and continue to do your fine work in each one of us' lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.